Blog Talk Radio. Fruit, and they have taken us a great distance forward. 
The council said Holyfield, a longtime political and community activist who has served on the NAAC's board of directors, has been credited with helping to bring Chrysler back to profitability after the Great Recession's devastation of the auto industry. Okay. And let's see what else we have. Uh, Senate passes a highway funding bill, but the House box, oh, come on, they've got to get on board. Our highways are a mess. This is by my call also. The Senate, with a large bipartisan majority, 79 to 18, passed legislation Tuesday to keep money flowing into the Highway Trust Fund and keep hundreds of thousands of workers on the job building and repairing the nation's highways, bridges, and other transportation projects. It also sets the stage for coming to an agreement for a long-term solution before the year is out. But a House Republican leaders said they will not vote on the Senate bill. Let's see. The Highway Trust Fund runs out of money August 1st, and if Congress, due to leave town for a five-week summer recess at the end of the week, doesn't agree on a plan by Friday, thousands of vital infrastructure projects will be frozen or canceled. The Senate bill extending funding through December and its chief sponsors include Senators Thomas Carper, Democrat of Delaware, Barbara Boxer, Democrat of California, and Bob Corker, Republican Tennessee, said the plan would force this Congress to come up with a longer-term solution for highway funding rather than kick the can down the road to next year as the House bill does. This month, in a letter to Congress, AFL-CIO Government Affairs Director Bill Samuel said, passing a multi-year authorization this year will provide employment stability, improve our transportation infrastructure, and give states the certainty they need for long-term planning. The Senate bill also stripped a funding provision known as pension smoothing from the House passed version that would allow corporations to contribute less to employee pensions. The Highway Trust Fund supports more than 2 million jobs each year, and if Congress doesn't close the funding gap, more than 700,000 middle-class jobs building the nation's highways, bridges, and transit systems will be at risk. Funding our nation's infrastructure is one of the most fundamental things Congress is tasked with, and it lays the foundation for a strong and growing economy. Yeah, come on, guys, you got to pass something. This past week, the Wall Street Journal published an interview with former Federal Reserve Board Chairman Alan Greenspan. He was asked to comment on an address that the current Fed Chair, Janet Yellen, delivered at the International Monetary Fund in early July. In the address, Yellen laid out her strategy to address asset bubbles primarily through using regulation and counter-cyclical capital requirements of financial institutions placed at risk by the bubbles. Her speech was a sage response to what we have learned from the bubbles of the last 25 years. Let's see what uh, Ellen Greenspan says on that. There is a marked difference in the approaches of the old King Greenspan and the new Queen Yellen of the Federal Reserve. Greenspan has since realized that his faith that banks could be relied on to regulate themselves was misplaced. But his views on asset bubbles and their management appear to be in a fog compared with Yellen's clarity of resolve and studious approach. He does hit on a key to Yellen's approach, which is that the effect of bubbles is related to the extent to which financial institutions are exposed to leveraging their assets. This was the linchpin that turned the crash of home prices into a banking collapse in 2008. And is confirmation that Yellen is on the right track in using stress tests of the banking system to understand the financial system's exposure to back debt-backed asset bubbles. So let's hope she can make some sense of all this. This goes on a bit, but basically 
that's what it is. Let's see. Okay. What else do we have here? Okay. We have students protesting again at REI in Rockville, Maryland, demanding it stop stocking North Face products. REI is a sports store, and North Face products are made in Bangladesh. Um, let's read a little more about that. We've talked about this. About This is the third time that there's been something on this site about this. On Saturday, 20 activists were arrested during a protest outside REI, that's Recreational Equipment Incorporated in Rockville, Maryland. Students and community leaders came together to demand REA stop stocking the North Face products, whose company VF Corp has been linked to serious ongoing labor violations in Bangladesh, including a deadly factory fire in 2010 that claimed 20 lives. Despite repeated incidents and issues, VF Corp has refused to sign the Bangladesh Accord on Fire Safety. The United Students Against Sweatshops activists are targeting VF Corp, one of the largest apparel companies in the world, for its failure to sign the accord and make a binding commitment to improve the factories that produces its goods. The VF Corp owns 36 brands, including North Face, Jan Sports, Vans, Timberland, Wrangler, Lee, and Nautica, and produces many products in factories in Bangladesh where there have been deadly fires and other serious safety issues. In December 2010, 20 workers lost their lives in a fire at That's It Sportswear. Much like the fire that claimed more than 100 lives in the Tarzine factory in Bangladesh, Workers were put at risk by illegal construction, shoddy wires, and then trapped because the building had no proper fire escape and many of the exits were blocked. VF previously had inspected the building but did nothing to remedy the violations. In June of this year, another fire at a different factory injured 50 workers. USAS is calling on REI to ensure it purchases products from BF Corp that have been made in safe factories in Bangladesh. The students asked REI to sever ties with, RF, with VF Corp if it refuses to sign the accord. And I think that's right. They should be committed to having safe places for its employees to work. I have one here that I wanted to, to, to bring up. Um, it's um, Governor Christie out of New Jersey goes back on his words, I guess, and embraces stuff. Um, let's go to that one. It's by the National Memo, and it says, um, Legislation is the beginning. 
not the end of a long overdue effort to make the VA strong again. The $17 billion supplement funding measure must be approved by both houses, which leave for a five-week summer recess at the end of this week. The bill will begin to address the chronic short staffing of doctors, nurses, and support personnel. This will assist in getting veterans in the door to receive the top-notch care they have earned. It includes $2 billion to lease 27 new medical facilities, $5 billion to hire doctors, nurses, and other staff, and funding for the treatment of traumatic brain injury and military sexual trauma and improved educational benefits. The bill also gives the VA secretary new power to fire executives at the agency. Okay. Okay. Can we uh, can we just look at some other things? Um, this one's kind of important because um, Governor Christie embraces stuff. Uh, this is um, Battle, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie has come out uh, four square for wage theft. As reported one Sunday by Karen Camonti of the Washington Post, Christie met with 200 citizens at the Jersey Shore last week and regarding state worker retirement benefits declared Promises were made that can't be kept. Welcome to the real world, folks. Tumulty and other first-rate political reporters are covering Christie's not fully specified plans to cut post-retirement health care benefits and or pensions as stories uh, as political story. Uh, reformist GOP governor uh, championing taxpayer interests takes on greedy Democratic allied public workers unions. Nothing, nothing better illustrates why policy reporters, not politic reporters, should be covering these issues. Politics can be entertaining, but that entertainment often comes at the expense of ignoring the heart of the serious matters, like Christie's declared support for stealing from state employees so he can spend their money elsewhere. And to be clear, it's not the taxpayers' money, but the workers. The state gets their labor as compensation for the work they do, nor... Uh, moral no moral principle supports paying workers less than was agreed. Now, Christie is winning plaudits from many people who fail to grasp the principle that all compensation is earned and failing to pay is full and full of theft. These plaudits would be far less likely if they ran a company instead of a, com a government. If you have trouble grasping this, just imagine opening your paycheck to find that only some of the money is there. And when asked about this, your employer says, Promises were made that can't be kept. Welcome to the real world, folks. All right, Christie's position is also astonishing given his uh, frequent statements that he always acts in accordance with the law. He articulated that standard re repeated, repeatedly in connection with the closing of four lanes on the George Washington Bridge, an apparent political payback scheme that is the subject of federal criminal and legislative investigations. Because journalists have done such a poor job of explaining the principle of compensation, politicians like Christie, Governor Scott Walker of Washington, and others have successfully obscured their plots to, uh, to steal from public employees in a wrapper of anti-tax rhetoric. This column is not an argument that New Jersey is paying too much for or too little in pensions and post-retirement health benefits. It is also not an argument about how much public sector workers are paid and it is not an argument against the state negotiating with public employee unions to reduce future compensation, including health care benefits and retirement and pensions. This column is about paying in full uh, what is already earned. It's about paying bills as they come due. It's about principles and moral duty. To be clear, I am four square against cheating in any form, and since uh, 1967 my work has exposed a vast array of corrupt schemes by politicians executives and charity leaders. And he said, and this column is out of defense. The practice of the such work, Chief, it's a common form of the pensions to, uh, is being uh, a form of being pension spiking in which workers pile on overtime and overpay uh, during their last year or even day to artificially pump up pension payments. I wrote an expose of this practice more than 20 years ago. If Christie wants to stop such games, I am with him and you should be too. He says, but because public debate about retiree health benefits and pensions is so ill-informed, let me offer a brief 
primary compensation principles. Pensions are not gifts. They are earned. It did a post-retirement health benefits that new hires were told they would earn. And declaring that any compensation that was earned will not be paid is uh, to engage in deliberate and calculated theft. The gross salary in your paycheck is not the entire cost of your labor. Employers, including the state of New Jersey, budget based on all in costs, which for most large employers are typically a third higher than wages alone. The all-in-one cost is your total compensation. And it, it, this thing goes on a little more, quite mm-hmm. a bit more, actually. But all he's saying is that Christie is trying to rob these guys, is robbing state workers of their pensions. And uh, and this is this guy wants to run for president. No, I don't think so, guys. Huh. No, I don't think so. Oh, Chris Christie? Oh. Yeah, this is Chris Christie now. now so let's, let's jump over to that, too. Um. I think there was one more that I wanted to, 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 um, to see. They, they were talking about uh, uh, um, anyway, uh, the one that I was looking at was uh, more union news, and, and I, can't, mm-hmm. I can't find it. We will continue to look for that one. All right. Unions hope to avert an offstage tragedy at the New York Metropolitan Opera. I guess an epic tragedy is unfolding at the Met, but the drama isn't on stage. Six local unions of the International Alliance of Theatrical and Stage Employees represent backstage employees at the Metropolitan Opera, and they will, along with the other Met Opera unions, are getting blamed for the Met's growing financial crisis. Doesn't seem fair. Well, I'm sorry, I, I was looking for something else here. What, what did you say? Never mind. Um, I was just talking about the problems that are unfolding at the Met. Contracts for the stages, for the uh, stage, wardrobe, hair, makeup, ticket takers, broadcast, and scene artists locals, plus those for other performers and backstage unions expires on July 31st. And the Met Opera General Manager, Peter Gellup, has warned members to appear for a lockout on August 1st. Opera has changed more in the past dozen years than during the previous 300. Technology has had a major impact on both the opera product and its cost, challenging the people behind the curtain to find creative ways to make it all work, despite increased production demands and expanded workloads. The Met's own transition over the past few years exemplifies the sweeping tech changes. Translated dialogue scrolling digitally, HD cameras, broadcasting productions, and satellites transmitting programming far and wide. Rather than value the innovations and creative solutions that these world-class artists are prepared to offer, in bargaining to help, the man who makes more than one million a year running the opera is pushing these gifted backstage artists to accept drastic changes to their compensation. Hmm. I don't know exactly what they want to change. They didn't really say. So. We don't know. Hmm. Do you have something um, else, Dalia? Yeah, poor Ken. Uh, Ken Mustache is uh, sent to the hospital. Oh, dear. Yeah. Ken is a friend of ours. Um, Ken uh, Cornette? Yeah, uh, Ken, yeah. Well, what's the matter with him? I don't know. Well, he, he had... Um, oh. But, um, when did he go to the hospital? I don't know. Just three hours ago. He oh. oh, dear. Yeah, so I don't know. I hope um, he'll be all right. Yeah. Our best wishes are sent out to him. Yeah. Hope you get better soon. Here's something interesting. Um, 
because if if in case uh, Hillary runs for president and uh, oh, speak, no, I hope not. Uh, looks like it, this is a right wing uh, kind of uh, thing here, but uh, this is something that uh, that they're saying may, may be a big problem for them coming up uh, in this election. It says this multi million dollar uh, scandal is so big that it could destroy the Clintons for good. Um, already facing a number of setbacks in her pleasant campaign for 2016, 2016 Democrat presidential nomination, Hillary Clinton is now at the center of a new scandal. According to recently released documents from the State Department, um, Bill Clinton used his wife's position as Secretary of State to secure numerous lucrative speaking engagements around the world. As the uh, Washington Examiner reports, a judicial watch investigation is now looking into the unethical nature of such an arrangement, and the Obama administration perceives complicity in allowing it to continue. Yeah, but, you know, uh, I, I question this only because as a scandal, because I mean, he was a president. Uh-huh. You know, the guy, the guy didn't need the connections of the State Department uh, to get a, a job as a, as a speaking engagement. I mean, the guy's... Uh, you know, gets a million dollars in engagement, regardless whether he's a, you know, I, I, I disagree with this, but it's just interesting that they're going to try to pursue this, too. Um, yeah, the Republicans are going to go after them for smoking uh, the speaking engagement. Uh, yeah, whatever. I think that's kind of funny. But um, there's other stuff that's kind of interesting. We, um, Um, anything else? There, there, there was a couple of things down at the bottom. Did you read that Mary Poppins thing? That story? Not yet. Oh, I'm just, I just, I have just come to it. We love how this frozen star is saying about the minimum wage, but there are three problems with it. Let's see. Maybe we can catch her singing. I hope they, I hope they videoed that. Huh. That'd be uh, kind of cool. Kristen Bell, the voice of Princess Anna in the blockbuster Disney hit Frozen and a dozen other films, put on a different costume this week to talk about something you wouldn't expect. Fans of the humor website Funny or Die were surprised to find a new video by Bell portraying Mary Poppins, the famous fictional British governess. In the video, she is telling her two young wards that she has to quit. Why? She makes minimum wage, and it's not enough to live on. Just three, just a $3 increase can make a living wage, she sings to the children. She goes on to use all Mary Poppins' tricks and tools, the little bird, the penguin, and so on, to explain how low wages hurt family businesses and consumers alike. Oh, here it is. Mary Poppins quits. Living wage, it makes a living wage, it makes a living wage. 
get off to work He's feeling like a stupid jerk He can't even buy some fish to feed his kids He takes a second job at night The penguin parents start to fight They're broke, they smoke Their college fund's a joke Just a $3 increase Can make a living wage It makes a living wage It makes a living wage Just a $3 increase Can make a living wage I still don't get these birds for free The CEOs in fancy suits Each giving their own trumpet toots Forget how hard it is to work a shift They don't like to break a sweat They prefer to just collect They take, they give A lot so much It's really got to start Are you a Republican? I do love a good tea party Cheeky Just a three dollar increase Can make a living wage I get my birds from Mexico. Well, isn't that just supercalifragilisticexpialid bullshit? Very cute. Yeah. Oh, That'll that's... put a little levity into our lives. Well, not really. Uh, well, for kind of, kind of a depressing thought, actually. Before people are trying to. Yeah. But it's a great way to put the message across. Yeah, it really is. And, um, you know, we do this show so that that people can understand there's at least a couple of voices out there more that, uh, one more voice that, you know, kind of show what the Indians do, how important it is, how how people are getting screwed, booed, and tattooed. Uh, But, even if, you know, the minimum wage was $7, you increased it to $10, people still can't live on it. Uh, uh, excuse me a second. Uh, yesterday, Richard Trunk uh, wrote uh, in, uh, corporate, on Corporate Green. He said, um, let's call corporate inversion for what it is, a gaping unpatriotic ta- patriotic tax loophole. In 2004, Congress enacted a law to prevent corporate inversions in which corporations reincorporate in a foreign country to avoid paying U.S. taxes. But a gaping loophole, however, allows corporations to get around this law by merging with a foreign company. Simply put, it allows corporations to avoid paying taxes when they renounce their U.S. citizenship and changed their corporate address to a foreign country. In recent months, several large corporations have announced plans to exploit this loophole with minimum uh, change in their business operations to avoid paying taxes. This wave of corporate inversions threatens to hollow out the U.S. corporate income tax base. One striking example is Walgreens, the nation's largest drugstore chain, which may be in an upcoming acquisition to become a foreign company in order to dodge more than $4 billion in taxes over five years. Walgreens is talking about abandoning America's, despite its reliance on the U.S. government, the U.S. taxpayer, for a quarter of its revenue paid for by the Medicare and Medicaid programs. It's time for um, Congress to close the loophole and end this outrageous practice. Last week, I was encouraged to see Congress finally begin to hold hearings and to hear President Barack Obama's double down on his support. Under the President's leadership, the administration has taken the right approach and has proposed solutions to the problem. This week, Treasury Secretary Jacob Blue in the Washington Post uh, was right to uh, suggest Congress make this legislation retroactive to May 14th. So corporations have noticed that any transaction taking place after that date will not allow them to dodge taxes. This is a good idea. Mm-hmm. This inversion loophole must be plugged, said Ron Wyden, recently said, and Senator Carl Levin and Representative Senator Levin have both proposed legislation to plug it. This is exactly the momentum we need to close the loophole once and for all. The real problem is that many of these so-called U.S. corporations want to keep dictating our economic policies and dominating our politics, 
yet they have less and less loyalty to the, comp- to the people who actually live and work in America. They want to keep benefiting from all the things our government does for them so they can make profits. Our legal system to protect their investments and patents, our education and training system to train their workers, and our transportation system to get their products to market, our federally sponsored research, our military, but they want the rest of us to front that share of their bill. Sixty years ago, corporations paid one-third of federal revenues, but today they pay only one-tenth that. Now they say even that's too much. Corporate profits are at their highest ever, and wage growth is near its lowest in a half a century. But still these corporations are not satisfied. They want more. They want Congress to cut their income tax rate. They want many of the largest corporations to get away with paying little or no taxes for years. And they want Congress to eliminate taxes on the factories they ship overseas, even though an existing loophole already allows them to lower their tax bill when they outsource jobs. And if we don't give this corporations, uh, these corporations what they want, they threaten to renounce their citizenship ship, ship, rather, and stop paying U.S. taxes altogether. Well, we need to start demanding a little more patriotism from these corporations. If they want to keep benefiting from everything our great country has to offer, we need to start showing a little more loyalty to the people who live and work in America. Right. And they need to stop threatening the desert and to, uh, threatening to desert the uh, United States and stop paying their taxes altogether unless America gives in to their demands. I say you got to stop these guys. you got to cut their bones off where, right, where, right now, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's, you, know, you can't let these bastards go out of, state, out, of, out of the country and send all the jobs, stop paying taxes, and then expect us to keep paying. Go ahead, go out of the country, and then you have to play it's, huge. It's, it's, your yeah. stuff will be treated like... Uh, Terrorists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like, we'll, like, we'll put taxes on your stuff to try to bring it in. It's unbelievably expensive for you to do business here, right? And, get, and, and you go, you, without American business, you go under. So, you know... Go get so the, get the hell out you of here. want to live in China? Have your factories in China? Go live there. Go live there. Stay the hell out of here. We don't want a company like you. You know, uh, that, you know, that, I don't. I would. I would never allow these people to go. Not without paying up. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna read a little bit about Social Security. Yeah. Let's read that. Annual report from the Social Security and Medicare trustees released today have good news for all Americans. Social Security and Medicare will be there for us and our families if elected leaders listen to the American people and reject calls to cut benefits. Instead of undermining these critical programs, we must build on their success and adopt measures to strengthen and expand them. Richard Fiesta, Executive Director of the Alliance for Repired Americans, said the most important lesson from the Social Security report is that Social Security has a large and growing surplus. Today's report projects Social Security cumulative surplus to be roughly $2.8 trillion in 2014, growing to about $2.9 trillion around 2020. Trunka noted that while America's most important retirement program will remain strong for many more years to come, it becomes increasingly clear, however, that strengthening Social Security for the future must include improvements in benefits. Social Security remains the sole retirement income plan that is broadly available and that Americans can count on to provide secure, secure lifetime benefits. The Medicare report, Fiesta said, reminds us once again that the Affordable Care Act is controlling health care costs. The Social Security trustees reported once again that the Disability Trust Fund can pay full benefits until 2016 with enough revenue after that time to cover about 80% of promised benefits. Fiesta warned current and future retirees must be wary of those politicians who will use today's Social Security and Medicare trustees reports as political cover radical changes that would put seniors, the disabled, and families of deceased workers at risk. So you got to be really careful. Yeah. Well, the high cost of Walmart's low wages in one handy graphic. Um, really? 
Yeah, the high cost of one was fifty a per thing. Uh let's see. Oh my god. Every two jobs Walmart creates in the U.S., upwards of 2.8 existing jobs are lost. Huh. Yeah. So in other words, for the jobs that that, that they take in a community, and they come in and open up a store, it takes uh, three jobs away from, from for every two jobs that they make. So it leaves the company, it leaves the area devastated. Uh, says world's largest, world's largest employers, the United States Department of Defense, okay, 3.2 million, to the Chinese Army, 2.3 million, huh. and three, Walmart, 2.2 million employees. Can you imagine that? Wow. They have 2.2 million employees. The six Walmart heirs have a net worth equal to the bottom 30% of Americans. Women in Walmart. Women are 67% of the hourly employees. Only a scant 15% of senior managers are women. Um, the top higher... I can't see it. The highest uh, earning women are 33% less than men uh, in Walmart. Huh. Yeah. So anyway... Uh, let's see. Uh, energy impact, 27 billion kilowatt hours uh, for Walmart. Excuse me. Uh, 26.2 billion kilowatt hours. The bottom seven countries, com- the bottom 57 countries combined. Whoa. Oh, my God. For the last 50, for the smallest, for the 57 countries, uh, out of there's only 190, I believe. So, but uh, 26 uh, Walmart uses more kilowatt hours than than uh, the bottom 57 countries combined. Wow. Each year, Walmart costs U.S. taxpayers 1.5 billion dollars because employees are paid too little to afford basic needs. Because of a budget shortfall, the same amount cut was. Uh, from the U.S. budget for AIDS treatment, education, vaccines, and water programs worldwide uh, in 2000. $1.5 billion was cut from all these different budgets. Uh, amazing. Yeah. So, folks, Walmart's killing you. They're killing the country. Sorry. Not a good, but not a good thing. Not a good thing at all. Huh. Um, oh yeah, here's a little something you might be interested in. What's that? The top ten reasons why some folks claim they don't need unions anymore. Oh really? And bless their heart. Says, um, let's see, they're all cartoons there. So it says, um. Workers United Against Working United. Workers United. I prefer having no power. I love bosses. As soon as it occurred to them. But the ten reasons against unions. Uh, unions just want to line their own pockets. Unlike bosses who have our only our interests at heart. Yeah. <laughs> and other than, uh, weekend, other than weekends, lunch breaks, overtime pay, parental leave, pension plans, higher wages, and sick leave, what good have unions ever done? <laughs> I deserve less pay than men. That's a woman saying that. I wouldn't want uh, the companies wasting money making my job safer. It says, speaking objectively, all unions are evil. All right? And it says, I want the work I want the right to work, along with the right to be arbitrarily fired. And who cares if unions reduce the pay gap between non-white and white workers? Who cares? Well, it's, it's wrong. Uh, it's wrong 
that unions uh, spend money influencing Congress, only these business should get to do that. And one day, I'll get rich and I'll be the boss. And once that happens, I won't want some union getting in my way. Ha <laughs> ha. I'm also going to be boss. Me too, me too, said somebody there in that background. Who'd want your more power at work? Yeah, nobody wants that. So, anyway, these are kind of like ha-has, because, but they're kind of sad, really, because that's really what a lot of people believe and think, you know, and they're getting screwed over. So, I don't know. It's always something, isn't it? Always something, I don't know. Always something. So anyway, uh, let's see if there's one more happy story we can bring up to to, to the people here. And uh, what about unions? This is an interesting thing, you know. Border crisis spurs the AFL-CIO Honduran labor movement to call for renewed attention to labor rights violations in Honduras. Now that's where we're getting all these all these illegal immigrant kids from. Right 
to stay in their communities. He brings, this is a, he states a code word here that I don't like, but he says we need a new sustainable development. Now that's Agenda 21. Mm. Okay, we need a new sustainable development agenda that delivers equity. Right? They don't. You don't need a new sustainable development agenda. You got to get rid of the one that's that's causing this. That's what's causing this. That's you know, uh, sustainable development. They just want to reduce population. You know, what I mean? any way they possibly can, and uh, by dis by you know destroying governments or 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 anything. You know. Allowing governments to run rampant, destroying uh, unions, destroying uh, economies. Right? It's time to learn from our mistakes and stop forcing countries to accept the model of globalization that puts profits before people. We need a new sustainable development agenda. Bullshit. Social inclusion and decent work. The migration becomes a choice and workers retain a right to stay in their communities. The United States must shift its foreign policy in the region to focus on decent work and the meaningful protection of labor and human rights, when this crisis will surely continue for years to come. Yeah, you gotta go down there and you gotta stop it from where it is. You know, you gotta stop it at the bit. Here's a little cartoon that's kind of that's kind of cool, and I can read some of the things. I wish you could see it. It says ten reasons. Uh, ten reasons we're against unions. I just read that. Oh, okay. I was looking for something else. I just read that. I didn't see you read that. Yes, I did. anti-union government Bill Hansom, Republican from Tennessee. Can't be happy about this story. Hansom's family owns Pilot Flying J, a travel a chain of travel centers and workers at a subway sandwich shop in a Pilot Flying J location in Bloomsbury, New Jersey, just voted to join the retail, wholesale, and department store union. Uh, earlier this year, Haslam was one of the key players in the effort to defeat a union vote at the Volkswagen plant in Chattanooga. The company run, the company run by his brother Jimmy, hasn't been as successful in denying workers their rights as other workers at the Bloomberg uh, Pilot Flying J location voted uh, to join earlier this year. The 13 workers are employed by Pilot Flying J. Uh, after uh, which owns the subway franchises inside its locations. According to the National Labor Relations Board, the workers voted 8 to 5 to be presented represented by the union. Pilot Flying J is a week to file uh, objections before the vote can be certified. That's interesting. Okay, leading by example, winners and losers of the week. The winner is Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban, <clears throat> for pledging to divest from companies that move offshore in order to avoid paying taxes. Good for him. him. Runner-up, Representative Keith Ellison, for proposing legislation that would make union organizing a civil right. Loser, Governor Chris Christie, for continuing to loot the pension funds of firefighters, police officers, teachers, and other government employees, rather than asking his rich buddies to pay their fair share in taxes. 
runner-up, Boeing CEO James McNerney Jr. for suggesting that he wants his employees to cower in the face of his leadership. Nice guy, huh? But great for Mark Cuban. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's one of the sharks there in the yep. shark show, but, but he, maybe he's got some integrity there. I, I guess he does. I don't know. He pledges to divest from companies that move offshore in order to avoid paying taxes. Well, he's invested in a American football team. Yeah. You know? He's baseball, basketball. Oh, basketball? Yeah. Dallas Mavericks, are, are they? Uh, baseball. basketball. Oh, I thought they were football. Yeah. Shows yeah. what I know. Well, uh, an American team, anyway, sports team. Good for him. So, anyway, we just got another couple of minutes to go. <coughs> Excuse me, folks. And, uh, oh. But uh, you know, it's been it's been an interesting night. Uh, I want to say uh, thanks to our uh, thanks to the union people out there. Uh, uh, Low-wage villain of the art. week, drug manufacturer Myland and Abby Vise. Just have a couple of minutes. I'll read that. What are they doing? It's a picture of some pills. This week we're calling on the shameful behavior of companies like Myelin and Abby Vise. While the two drug Manufacturers are far from unique in their bad behavior. Walgreens is, oh, you, you read that. Walgreens is considering joining them. They are the most recent example of companies engaging yeah, in, yeah. in the un American and anti no, American and anti working families tactic called inversion, a key tool in the effort to keep the wages of Americans low. United Steelworkers President Leo W. Gerard describes the process of inversion. A large American corporation seeking to evade its tax responsibility hooks up with a company in a low-tax country. It makes sure the firm funds, foreign firm ends up with at least 20% of the combined company's stock so the American corporation can legally change its address. It's called inversion because the big buyer takes the smaller, subsumed entity's address instead of the other way around. Dozens of corporations have done it in the past couple of years. According to the Obama administration, which is seeking to curb their practice, inversion will cost the United States $17 billion over the next decade. Imagine the infrastructure investment that could um, the money could go to. Imagine the jobs it could create. Imagine the education and job training it could fund. Imagine the children it could feed. It's hard to see how $17 billion in unpaid taxes simply so these companies can pad their profits isn't a direct assault on working families. While the extremists who support this type of activity argue that corporate tax rates are too high at 35%, the companies are using inversion aren't penning anywhere near that. Abby Vi, for instance, paid 22.6% tax rate last year and through inversion hopes to get its rate down to 13%. Medtronic, another recent adopter of inversion, is already at 18% and seeking to go lower. The administration and Democrats in Congress, with some Republican help, are attempting to slow down or eliminate the use of inversion and have had some success. Senators Carl Levin, Ron Wyden, and Cindy Levin, uh, she's a representative for TOES, the two-year moratorium on inversion. Representative Rosa DeLauro successfully heralded legislation that limited the use of inversion in Bermuda and the Cayman Islands but that's only a small first step in the process of stopping this widespread, growing, low-wage billionaire. Okay, and we're right at the end of our show. It is yeah. almost 9 o'clock, and we want to say thank you very much for listening to us. Remember that unions help you get to where you are and keep us safe in a lot of ways through uh, safety in the workplace, 
working wage for people. And um, we'll, Leo will talk to you tomorrow night, and I'll talk to you next week. Good night, folks. Good night, everybody.